So if I buy a $500 Gamazon gift card, I would get four times the points because I bought it in a grocery store. Not because I bought groceries, but I bought it in a grocery store. Because of that, Ilkota's grocery store, I get four times. I just got five. I just basically got four times the points now on my Amazon purchase, which without even without even having an Amazon credit card. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Trizzy. And I'm Leah, aka LA in Flight. And today we had a very special guest, uh, Ben of Ben's Big Deal. Deals on essentially talks about credit cards and points and miles. And mm. I mean, people, the industry doesn't like the word travel hacking, right? No. But we're going to throw that in there anyway. And it ended up being a conversation heavy on credit cards. Yeah. Which I think is great because there are people who um, are always looking for new ones. There are people who, and, and they're advanced, and then there are newbies, right, who are trying to get into the travel credit card space and learn how to travel for cheap or free or on points. Mm-hmm. So I think my, my boundary will mm-hmm. not be as insane as Ben is. Ben got 35 credit cards. Yeah. I thought... Um, I think everyone will find this really helpful no matter what level you're at. We talk about how Ben got started, how the industry has changed, right? Mm -hmm. What cards are doing these days, especially through the pandemic and how a lot of them pivoted. Um, He gives a lot of great advice, very simplified for those looking for multiple cards. And for those who are trying to get started, probably, you know, one big piece of advice you should remember, those types of tips here and yeah this was a longer episode than usual but because it was so helpful (laughs) a lot of information get your notepads out hit the record button save this episode down so you can hear it over and over again because it's a lot of knowledge we appreciate Mm -hmm. having been on with all that and don't forget to bring your drink of choice aka a coffee or tea only Mm -hmm. (laughs) while you're taking notes that's right. And I have in my hydro flask today is a simple peach oolong tea from Percolate. Yum. And Percolate's a local, is that a local business or are they a chain? You know what? They have two locations or three locations now. In so LA. Right? In within LA, yeah. Okay. But they're I don't know if they're outside of LA. I'm not sure. That I'm not sure either. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Mine is a, um, the espresso. Oh my goodness. It's from a bean box that my friend ordered off Amazon as a part of a gift box for me. And then of course my Calafia farms, cinnamon roll, oat milk. Mm. (laughs) Why is my drink always so complicated? I always make my own lattes. I usually, I'd say 70% of the time I'm making my own lattes at home. Usually features, uh, some type of milk, non-dairy creamer and then it will feature um my espresso of the day let's just look out for leah's cafe coming up yeah in the the years (laughs) we can host uh ben's live course in it that he's coming out with (laughs) that is right cheers to another great episode salute this is leah and trizzy and we are two voices two views and two ways to adventure from anywhere we prioritize travel in our lives and we both travel very differently Every other Wednesday, we drop episodes featuring the coolest travelers around the globe, 
local business owners, community episodes from you, and of course, us, your resident travel lovers. This is Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Watch us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Safety Wing is the world's first international travel medical insurance developed to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and remote workers traveling or living abroad worldwide. The Safety Wing Nomad Insurance includes both travel and travel medical insurance, which includes coverage for any travel delays, lost checked bags, emergency response, and natural disasters, plus coverage and access to qualified global network of hospitals and doctors for unexpected medical problems and accidents, and any emergency medical evacuations. You can sign up for Nomad Insurance even if your trip is already happening, or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels! All right, we're here with Ben of Ben's Big Deal. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for being here. Something our audience lo- always loves hearing about is points and miles and travel hacking and this is how we met you was in a room a clubhouse room with the points guy uh, i think last year so we're super happy that we now follow along your knowledge on instagram and we're able to have you on ticket to anywhere so welcome thank you very much i'm so excited to have uh be here thank you Tracy. thank you leah uh for having me um it's a lifelong dream to be able to um, not only be a participant in the Points and Miles world, but also be a contributor and be a content creator. And so it's always fun and always great to share. And I think that's something that is a unique thread in our community. And being part of this community now, I would say probably for the last seven or eight years, uh, it is a wonderful community when we were still meeting in person. And that's how we got started. And then um, then all along came Facebook groups and then Instagram. And then now we got Discord groups and Patreon all over the place. Now, you know, it's like I, I, I just try to struggle to keep up with all the different ways and channels. Started, give you a little background. When I got started, um, it was like not, 2014. And I was just trying to find a way to get my uh, my wife and my daughters to go on a vacation and I was trying to figure out how I can do maybe one or two trips. I was hoping to do at least one domestic locally and then one international trip. And I was like, is there a way to be able to do this without having to fork over a ton of cash? Cause I just didn't have much, you know, cash left over at the end of the month, like a lot of people to, to put away into these kind of trips. And the kind of trips I used to take my wife on is kind of interesting. When I first took my wife, see, this is the thing a lot of people don't understand. I'm a business traveler uh, for five years before I even got involved in this. And many people go, oh, you must be a business traveler. You got a ton of points. You got a ton of miles. This is a challenge, which a lot of people don't understand. And actually, to this day, a lot of my clients that come to me are frequent flyers and frequent travelers. And they come to me for help because they know one hotel program. They know one airline program. And then the time comes where they need to fly somewhere. And that hotel program maybe doesn't have the availability or the locations that they want to be at. Uh, That one uh, airline program doesn't have availability or they don't have enough of those points because now they have to spread it out between three people or four people. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of challenges from that perspective because they don't really know how to leverage it. And that was really where I was like after five years of traveling. I I didn't have elite stats with anyone. I was kind of like the free agent. I chose whatever was the lowest cost flight, the lowest cost hotel. And I remember taking my wife um, 
to my hotel of choice, which was La Quinta Inn, which is now part of Wyndham, but at that time they were not. <laughs> so if anybody's ever been to La Quinta, it's like a two-star hotel brand, okay? And I remember telling my wife, oh yeah, we, we, we're, I got free nights and we're gonna go. And so we went to San Diego, but we didn't even go to San Diego proper. This is like on the hillside, uh, Hotel Circle Avenue. Anyone's ever been there in San Diego? It's like, it, like there's like, I think the movie theater is like the biggest like landmark nearby. And I remember we were sleeping. When you look at the view, it's like the parking lot. <laughs> and then you're on the ground floor. There's only two floors. And you're on the ground floor. And the and the sheets, you know, you could see through them because they're not very thick. <laughs> My wife woke up that next morning and said to me, is this your idea of vacation? I said, don't wait. Don't worry. It gets better. We're going to go to have breakfast. And we go to the breakfast and it was like, you know, cold uh, muffins and bagels. It was like a truck side road stand. And uh, she told me after we were done that night, she's like, you know, if this is your idea of a vacation, I think I'd rather just stay at home. Mm. <laughs> wow. She got there. And, but you're being honest. And I said to myself, okay, I, 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 I was blinded that I had a free night. And I got blinded that I don't think most people would consider it a vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it's like, you know, you're doing a road trip and you're doing it overnight as opposed to really being a vacation. And I realized, like, not all hotels are created equal. Uh, you know, there's more, there's more than just, you know, flying Southwest, although Southwest is great, but if you, it doesn't help you if you want to go internationally. And so all those kind of things came to play that kind of gave me my enlightenment moment when I walked into, um, I got a new job and my boss said, the first thing you need to do, this is after like a new job and my, my job said, yeah, go get airline, uh, go get a lounge access, go get lounge pass and pick an airline and pick a hotel. And I had never had done that. And I remember walking into the uh, lounge and I didn't even know they existed. First of all, to be perfectly honest, I keep in mind, I fly out of LAX for five years. I did not know a lounge even existed. Oh, this is like, like, I'm like, so if you feel like all these people talking about lounges, I mean, that was me. And I'm as a business traveler, um, but I didn't even know they existed. And then, so in 2014, I walk into the lounge. Because like, just go find that place called the Admirals Club. So I walk in, I chose American because I want to fly internationally. And they're part of this alliance called One World. I'm oh, okay, I can fly internationally. So I walk in and I was talking to the lady at the front desk. She, they, call them the, they're, they call them AA angels now. So I walk up and I asked her, I said, how do I get lounge access? She says, well, it's uh, $450. And I look over to my left of her and there was this big, huge banner sign that says, sign up for the city credit card and earn like a hundred thousand points and i pointed at her and i said does that give me lounge access too and she's like yeah that's the other way a lot of people walk in with that and i said and how much is that it says 450 isn't that the same price as the lounge access she says yes it is but if i get approved i get a hundred thousand points she says yeah i go well i'll take the hundred thousand points so right then and there i signed up for the card i wouldn't do that today i would go through a referral link yeah. you know or something yeah. like that but at the time i knew no clue and that was my very first card. And what really got me wasn't just the lounge access, but it was a free bag. Because <laughs> I always had to pay for bags every time. A free bag. You know, so, I mean, I got a free bag. And then they said, oh, if you got other people with you, then it's a free bag for them too. Everyone gets a free bag. <laughs> that pays for itself right there. You know, I'm like, I'm flying all the time. I was flying all the time and, and having to pay a free bag, uh, paying for a bag every single time. Because I'm like team check-in here. So Yeah. Um, okay. You still have that card? Uh, a, a variation. So the thing is oh, now, okay. at the time, at the time, um, City did not have a um, 
limit on how many times you can get the card. So mm -hmm. there was a time where I got the card and I got the bonus and then a year passed and then I would cancel it. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way, it's very difficult to cancel a city card, not oh. because they give, they give you a hard time. I'm going to tell you why. They do a good job retaining you as a customer. Let's say you mm -hmm. go for a whole oh, year. Yeah. Let's say that you go for a whole year. Oh, I want to cancel. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We're, we're going to give you a hundred dollars statement credit. Okay. So I'm another year. Uh, I'm going to cancel the card. Oh no, 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 no. Go spend a hundred dollars, you know, five transactions. We'll give you another hundred dollars. So they, they keep on renewing all the time. So yeah, I do have some many, many city cards, many Maybe not the original, but I had yeah. many city cards, but now they actually have a rule. It's like 48 months. You got to wait 48 months before you get a bonus again. Oh, um, okay. I have one. My first city card was a city card and I actually I've had it for 13 years and I just switched it to a car. It was literally giving me nothing, Ben. It was a, it was a line of credit and that was it. And I never used it because that is the card I ruined my credit on. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to fix myself. And now I've been fixed for about four years. But they saw they recently upped my credit because they saw that I was like, oh, this this girl's opening American Express and Capital One over here. Like mm -hmm. she's probably in good standing. So they doubled my credit line. I still don't use it. And they <laughs> um, and then I up I switched it over to one that will actually give me some rewards because I'm like, this card is actually useless to me. And I'm like thinking, City, you're lucky I don't close this card. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, personally, I had heard don't close cards, but I also don't have a ton of credit cards. So I don't know. Maybe you can expand more on, on what I just told you. <laughs> I, I'll expand it because I had the similar experience. So the month before I got involved in travel points and miles, uh, the credit card companies don't like the word hacking because sometimes the mm -hmm. word hacking to them uh, implies that you're doing something that's you know not above board. But I, I don't think anything, there's nothing wrong with applying for multiple cards over time. Uh, as long as you're responsible with it, you're not using, you know, a ton of the, the credit and, and, and carrying a bunch of interest. I think that's perfectly mm -hmm. fine with it. I think they're fine with it as well. Um, and I would say that the biggest mistake I made early on right, was like literally the month before when I'm like, okay, I'm ready to apply. I decided I'm going to close all the accounts that were not being in use and they were old. <laughs> oh my goodness. So if if you guys do not know and i'm sure you folks know but maybe your audience is not aware mm -hmm. that uh, age of history is super important and mm -hmm. so by closing out your oldest account it shows that you know all that history had uh, you don't have it anymore if you close it out so i closed out so it took me a while to kind of get back now it's not a major major part it's like maybe 10 percent of your credit score but uh -huh. then again when you're trying to grow your credit Every 10% yeah. helps, you know, so uh, and especially on a card that many of these cards, by the way, are no annual fee cards. So it wasn't like it hurt me right. to to have it. But what I think I did wrong was I pulled my credit report up and I went through the whole thing and I said, oh, I'm not using this. Why do I need it? And not understanding what I was reading. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I had to learn early mm -hmm. on was how to read my credit report and understand what it meant. Yep. That's that's really good. Do you have any tips for anyone who doesn't know how to read a, a credit report or one where they can find it, uh, reputable sources to find a credit report? Any tips who, for someone who's never read it and like maybe, um, yeah, what you would suggest when looking over your credit report? Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, there are a couple free, um, like if you want to look at your report, uh, you can go to free annual uh, credit, I'm sorry, annual credit report. 
uh, com, and you can be able to get a free copy of each one of them. What it doesn't show you, however, is your score. So I find that if you want to look at the score and look at the report, um, there are some paid service. Uh, I don't make anything on it, but mm-hmm. uh, there's one called Identity IQ with the letter IQ, and they pay a monthly fee. It's it's usually we usually recommend it for people who are trying to in the process of rebuilding their credit and they want to see what action they do and how that affects their score. And they can see all three credit agencies, their report, as well as their score concurrently. I think it's like 30 bucks a month. But when you're in that rebuilding phase, I think that's important to understand. Your habits end up you know, reflecting your score. So I think those are one of the things that you could be able to do up front. Uh, and, and by reading the, the report, I think one of the most important things I think that people need to understand is that you want to keep your utilization low. You know, Two of the yeah. biggest things that affect your credit is uh, how much of the credit they're giving you, how much are you using? And then the next part of it, are you making your payments in a timely manner? If you're making them on time and you're on time, those two things account for like 65% of your score. Mm. So if you can do those two things right, uh, it will help. And a lot of people make their payments on time, but then they don't pay enough, and so they carry a balance. And if your balance goes above 30%, so let's say you have a $10,000 balance and you're carrying Mm -hmm. $4,000, that doesn't reflect kindly. If you can drop that below that 30% down to three or below three, that will actually improve your score. Um, and then, or let's say this, I, I, I know some folks who do a balance transfer and then, cause you know, they offered 0%. So you're transferring the balance, but this is the thing. Let's say you transfer it to the, the card and it has a lower limit or it doesn't have as high a limit as what you once had. Your utilization may go up just because, uh, you know, you maybe used to have a, uh, $10,000 credit limit and maybe you're at 40, you know, that 4,000 balance, but now you move it to a new card where you only have a $5,000 credit limit and you carry it over the four. Now it looks like you're 80% now, even though yeah. it's the same amount, but your credit limit is lower. So I always say that if they offer to, um, for free to increase your credit limit, that's a good thing. A lot of people actually don't know how to answer that question. Like, should I take it? They're going to give me more credit. Should I take it? I, I know a lot of people who actually say no to it. And right. I'm like, Unless they're pulling your credit for some reason, if they're just going to give you a higher limit, that you yeah. should take it because that will well, help you with your utilization. City with me just did it. They're like, by the way, we doubled your credit limit. And I think it's because I've been in really good standing for like three, yeah. really good standing for like three, four years now. And they're like, we want her back. That's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting because I never, I mean, I know this is not the good way to think, but like we said, I was just rebuilding my credit four or five years ago. But for me, I'm like, I'm not closing my oldest card. One, not only are you not supposed to, but two, I'm like, this is an extra cre- line of credit. If every, anything ever hits the fan, then I have this like emergency to fall on. I know that's not how we're supposed to look at credit, but I was like, just, you know, just in case, but I'm good. I put like my $15 a month class pass on it every month on auto pay and, <laughs> and then that's it. So I heard her, I also had heard that if you're really trying to like rebuild that, even if you can get your credit utilization under 10%, um, that's better than even under 30. Yes. 30, 20, 10. I mean, you're yeah. down to like 1%. It's, it, it, I mean, the more the, the more available credit, you know, like sometimes I look at like a lot of the banks, I'll have multiple cards and I say to myself, yeah, I'm trying to get to 250,000 with each bank. Like I'm trying to have enough credit line with them wow. that I'm at 250. Like that's like a goal of mine <laughs> because it doesn't mean that you have to go use it. You know, it means that they mm-hmm. trust you. To me, a credit line, all a credit line is, is this, do they trust you with their money? 
And if you do, they give you more of it. So to me, the, 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 when you apply for a card and they say yes, that means they trust you. You apply for another card and they say yes, they trust you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is what you were saying earlier, when you apply for American Express, um, that's a tier one company. And let's say you apply for Chase, that's a tier one company. Guess what? City and Capital One are t- tier two. <laughs> there's a lot of reason why they're tier two, by the way. There's there's a lot of reasons. I won't get into the, all the reasons, but Wait, they are. Tell us, tell us like one, and what do you mean by that? Like they're the bench players, like they're the B the B team, you know? Like what is what do you mean yeah. by that? It, it exactly, exactly. Okay. I okay. will say Amex and Chase are at the top, and then right below that is City and Capital One. That, there's there's no question. You can go ask any credit expert. Capital Two, especially with their Venture X card. I know. Um, I yeah, just they're, got. A- they're, moving, they're moving up. They're still not Tier One. I mean, <laughs> let's just look at this. If you're Tier One, let's just look at this. If you're Tier One credit, right? And I think we all know what a Tier One credit score is, right? If you're a Tier One credit score, are you? Um, you are probably a little more affluent. You are probably making your payments on time. You're probably not ever paying interest, mm-hmm. generally speaking, right? Because mm-hmm. you can be able to pay it off, right? If you're Tier One. So American Express had a card for many years, a platinum card, a, a, a gold card, a, those colored cards were what they call a charge card. And a charge card says this, you can, you have no limit. We have no credit limit mm-hmm. on you. You can charge as much as you want, but you know what? You have to pay at the end of the month. Now only a tier one could do that. Right. Well, actually- a tier one, how can I even do that? I, I would charge and have to carry the balance. Right. right. I mean, so. So the fact that Amex even has that, even offered, yep. means that they're going for a certain marketplace. Now, today they have this thing called pay over time. So it becomes yeah. like a credit card now. So they've made the charge card into a credit card. Um, I wouldn't say Chase is at that level, but Chase makes it really easy. I, I think this is the thing. If you had just had two brands between Chase and Amex, I think you pretty much have them all. Uh, now, if you want to diversify and go get City and go play around with Capital One, you definitely can. Which I have all four of them, by the way. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and I I do most of my banking with with City for for many 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 years. So I know how I just I just know their nuances. But if I I've gone a credit card before from City and and then went to go try to buy a gift card, uh, and then man, they wouldn't even let me buy a five hundred dollar gift card. I mean, they'll give me a fraud warning every single time. Then I got to oh do the God. whole song and dance with them. And by the way, I'm not the only one who's ever had that experience with City. You know, huh. sometimes City, you try to transfer the points. Everyone transferred immediately. Oh, yeah. City, two days sometimes. <laughs> One oh day for the points wow. transfer over. Um, you know, and, and for Capital One, many times, Capital One, before Venture X came out, if your credit was too good, they didn't want you. You wouldn't get approved if your credit was too good because they made money from people who paid interest on their on their cards. Mm. And they, the Capital... Mm. The, the Capital One clientele was in the rebuilding stage. They were in the 550s uh, to the 650s. They would pay interest. They would carry a balance. And, and, and Capital One liked that. And they said, well, you're a tier one. You weren't. This whole idea of going to Venture X and going premium and doing all that kind of stuff, this is new uncharted territory for them. They've for them. never gone after that market. They're going out there right now. And I'm going to be there to take advantage of it. I, I yeah. love it. I mean, I love that they have one-to-one transfer partners. But there's been talks like the Capital One Lounge in DFW is like the best right now. That's a tiny, tiny reason why I got the card. <laughs> but, but, but let's look at the economics of it. And I have a card. My wife has a card. My daughter has a card. We all actually have one of those cards. I'm trying to hit minimum spend on the second one right now. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to share with you. They charge the least amount of money 
-hmm. for their premium card. They charge $395, Chase Sapphire Reserve charges $550, Amex Platinum charges $695. They charge nearly half of what Amex charges and they have a better lounge. Now, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep that up. If you charge half the, you have charged half the card rate that the other guy does across the street. I don't know how long they're going to keep that up, or is that going to stunt them from actually having many lounges, or if it's only going to be at, right. you know Delta, uh, you know the Dallas one. So we'll see. So you know what's interesting, Ben? I actually um, don't have chasing more because Chase. I I stand. I correct myself from a few minutes ago. Chase is actually where I ruined my credit five years mm-hmm. ago. So mm-hmm. just to be safe, and even though it's been about four years, I'm like I'm going to be safe and I haven't applied for one Chase card in four four and a half years. So I was like, okay, I'll try my leg with Amex. Got approved. Try my leg with Capital One. Got approved. So I was like, okay, I think I'm pretty good now. My credit is pretty good. But I'm like, I'm just going to hold off on Chase a little bit longer. But I mean, I have the MX Gold. I don't have the Platinum because I cannot afford it. The Capital One, like Venture X, yeah, that's like my premium for now. But um, I'm also curious because you t- you have so much knowledge and all the cards and their benefits. And I know, I don't, Trizzy, do you have any of these? Not yet. Okay. And I feel like I've been trying to convince Trizzy for various reasons, Ben, mm-hmm. like whenever I get a card. So maybe... <laughs> Like, I feel like, Trizzy, you should be like, all right, are you looking for anything in particular? I want Ben to give you a recommendation or try to convince you to get one of these car- these premium cards, you know? Basically, the two tier ones and the Capital One Venturex, those are the three top players that I've been trying to do a lot of research on. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel as though I've done all my research, but I'm still here debating can I sustain the annual fees for each of these cards? I think it's easy because um, I had the same challenge, but I'm going to share with you what I think is the secret. In year one of the card, they offer you a ridiculous many times uh, uh, sign-up bonus, which to me um, overcomes the annual fee, at least in year one. Like I always tell you, what I always tell my clients is look at year at, one year at a time. Justify each year if you want to renew it, because there's two things that come into play. Number one is the sign-up bonuses in the first year. So I don't think you can ever lose in the first year of getting the card, and you get all the benefits of first year. When you come in a year two, you can reevaluate now. Well, there's no sign-up bonus. Are the benefits of the card worth it? Are the spending? Are the are the bonus categories that I would get for that particular, uh, you know, spend category? Are, am I even spending on it? You know, those type of things. Am I using the insurances? Am I using the status? Am I using, did I use all those things? Did any of them stand out that I want to keep the card again? And once you go, once you come to that realization, whether you do or you don't, then you still have a second chance because of something called a retention offer. So you call them up, you tell them, look, let me talk to someone over there. I'm doing this analysis right now. Now, the, the pandemic's been a great ex- excuse, by the way, the last two years, especially you got a travel card. They actually started changing a lot of the travel cards into like lifestyle cards for like restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like the Chase Sapphire Reserve, they're like, nobody's traveling. So let's let's give them their, their $300 annual credit via restaurants, which everybody wow. was using for restaurants. Yeah. So, like, too. yeah, and so they paid for itself. They started doing DoorDash credits, yeah, you know, yep. everything, shopping credits. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, I think once you look at a card and go, Look at every card and go, are there things here that I can be able to use? Are there things that I already use? Are there things that I could be able to, uh, like, for example, let's say there, uh, Amex has a lot of what they call Amex offers. 
and yeah. they'll say, okay, if you spend this dollar amount, I, I'll tell you that I had recently a friend of mine who was going to go on a cruise and I said, oh, which air, which cruise line are you going to? I was just at a party and he's like, oh, I'm going to Royal Caribbean. And I said, oh, I was happening to look through one of my Royal Caribbean things. And it said, if you spent a thousand dollars on a Royal Caribbean, they were going to give me back $300. Oh, okay, wow. Now. wow. So I said to my friend, hey, if I, if I put on my card and a thousand and then you only pay me back 900, <laughs> would that be, would that be worthwhile to you? He said, yeah, sure, man. You can save me a hundred bucks. Nice. So he let me put my, my card, his cruise, my card, he paid me back 900 bucks and I got still 300 bucks back in a rebate. So I actually made 200 bucks on that thing. <laughs> but, I, nice. but I happen to know that that particular offer was in it. I'm like, ah, I remember I thought, and by the way, if you don't have max rewards, you can look at uh, card pointers or max rewards. You can add in all your, um, uh, those, those offers and it'll remind you like when you're oh. in store, oh, you could use that. So there's all things like that too. The TPG, the, the points guy has an app that does something similar to that as well. So anyway, I'm just using an example, but I think there's a lot of different cards. Like if you get the platinum, um, if you get the gold, like for example, the Amex gold. I love the gold. Four times for dining, four times oh, yeah. for groceries. Now let's look at this. It's 25,000 points. Okay. So they give you the 70,000, 80,000, whatever, how many points they give you for the sign bonus. Let's just say we bank that. That's already a thousand bucks right there. But let's just look at the annual, what, what you spend on. It says you can spend four times. You, I'm sorry, for every dollar you spend at grocery stores or dining, you get four times the points. Most people get one time the point. Yeah. Some people get one and a half times. So to get four times means this, if I spend 25,000 I would get 100,000 extra points. In addition to the 100,000, I would get, you know, or the 70,000, 75,000 I get when I signed up. So now that's 175,000. But then you come back to me and go, Ben, I don't spend $2,000 a month at a grocery store. I don't spend $2,000 <laughs> eating out. There's no way. It's crazy. I said, okay. Anything in the grocery store. So if I walk in the grocery store, they have a gift card section. Yeah. In addition to whatever groceries you buy. And then let's just say you go, oh, do you ever use Amazon? Like I just, you know, I buy Amazon all the stuff. By the way, I can walk in there and they have an Amazon gift card section. And I'm sorry, not gift, uh, gift card section and Amazon's one of them. So if I buy a $500 Amazon gift card, I would get four times the points because I bought it in a grocery store. Not because I oh, bought groceries, but I bought yeah. it in yeah. a grocery store. Because of that, Ilkota's grocery store, I get four times. I just got five. I just basically got four times the points now on my Amazon purchase, mm -hmm. which without even without even having an Amazon credit card. Yep. Nice. I love that. I so can do even, it for Best Buy too and all these other stores that they have. Okay. Stored even when I, um, so I reload all of my, I'm a big coffee drinker, right? I have loyalty to almost every, I have a, I'm on the rewards program for every big coffee chain in, in the West Coast. Um, Starbucks, Pete's coffee bean, and I reload my gift cards on there and that reloading your gift card counts as a food slash restaurant. Wow. So I'm reloading, you know, $50 a week, every other week. And that counts. So I'm like, it's the small things too. some certain bars count, certain cafes count. But in general, I think the Amex gold earning power, the point earning power is very strong. That's what I've heard, Ben. Yeah, I, I mean, Chase doesn't really have anything uh, close to it. The the closest thing is Chase's uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve. It gets three times. And if you have the old defunct City Prestige, then you get five times for dining. But unless you have the City Prestige, I wouldn't keep a $450 card just for the five times on dining. It's just not, that's not a, uh, but, but I think 
the gold is a solid daily card for eating and for the grocery store. Um, and then um, I think the, you know, you need to also have one card for everything else. So let's say you're not eating out. Let's say you're not at a grocery store. What, mm -hmm. what other cards is, is there? So you want to be able to earn at least, I'd say two points on everything else. And so okay. um, City has a card called the Double Cash. Capital One has their Capital Venture X that, that fulfills the need. And then um, on the Amex side, they actually have a business card called the Business Blue Plus. And that one has a uh, two times Amex points for everything. So basically I label the card. I actually have a label maker and I make it for my wife too. So basically it says eating or dining. <laughs> yeah. and, this one says, and the other one, the, the, it says everything else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you don't have to think about it. everything else other than dining and use this card. How many cards do you alone have? Uh, across the four or five brands, probably about 35 oh cards. Oh now, I have to justify it. Now, I would say maybe 10 of them are no annual fee and the other 20 mm -hmm. probably have an annual fee. Okay. So I, I have to justify it. This is how I justify it. If it, if it is a, um, if it is a airline card, I'm keeping it for the free bag. Uh, okay. so even though I fly American primarily, if I'm flying Delta, I don't have that benefit because I don't fly Delta. So I'll have the Delta card. So I get a free bag. And remember, it's not just me, but whoever flying with me. So I fly with my daughter, who's nine years old, and my wife. So if the three of us are flying, that's 35 savings each. That's you know $105 right there. So one flight a year on Delta, one way pays for it. And way back, they're going to charge you another 100 So just a round trip, it pays for itself. So if I fly at least Delta round trip at least once a year, holding on the card makes sense for me already just for that alone. Wow. And so that's how I justify it because I'm going to pay for it anyway. Now, um, uh, if I have a hotel card, however, other than sign, by the way, every time you sign up, you get a sign on bonus. But remember, they, the banks don't like you buy, getting cards and then canceling it. See, that's called churning. And then I don't really do that. I like I, I try to be a good member because mm -hmm. if they can pull up the report, and they see that you open cards and, and only keep them for a year. Eventually, they're going to stop giving you cards because they go, um, I don't mm -hmm. like I don't think this is a good risk. So you open them up and then you have to now you can get the now the great thing about Amex maybe not the greatest thing but with Amex, um, you actually, once you get a, into their ecosystem, once you get a card with them, they only do soft pulls. They never pull yes. your, your credit again. I mean, I know I heard that. And I was like, yeah. so I am club Amex now. Like I'm in the club. Yeah. You yeah. know, so that means that's why you get approved so quickly. Like when you apply on the Amex, once you're in, they like tell you like that, like yeah, you're just like, do. you don't, there's no like waiting. We will see. It's like, Yes or no. It's like either yeah. yes or no. Usually most of the time it's a yes. So out of the 35 cards that you have, which three credit cards do you use the most and what oh, do you use good it question. for? Yeah. So um, I'm going to, I was going to, I finished, I didn't say about the hotel cards, but I keep the okay. hotel cards for the free night. Mm, okay. So most of the hotel cards, like the IHG, the Marriott, the Hyatt's, uh, the Hilton's, they all come with a free night when you renew. So most of the renewal fees is like $95. So if you can find a hotel that is at least $95, it pays for itself. Usually most of the time I go try to find a hotel that's two, $300. Mm -hmm. So I may feel myself feel really good that I was smarter than $95. I paid, I paid $95 for this $300 room and then I can make a TikTok out of it. <laughs> That's how people are like, okay. Um, but, but to answer your question, what, which cards I really like, I think, the three, if, if I actually had to choose out of my card, I'm like, I, I would have one card that gets me in a lounge that has all the premium benefits. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it would be the Amex Platinum, whether it be the business or personal. So that would be one. 
Uh, the second one I would probably choose is a Chase Sapphire Reserve. Okay. Um, that is another premium card, top levels. Well, and you may say, oh, they aren't they the same or don't they overlap? Yeah, they do, but they they serve different purposes. I'll explain in a second. Uh, but that would be like my food and my travel because they had the biggest definition for travel and uh, for food. So um, I would choose that. So I feel like that's more versatile than the Amex Gold if I had to choose. Um, so I would take one Amex Platinum, one for food and, and travel, and then one more for everything else. And that could be anything. That could be City Double Cash. That could be Venture X. Uh, I don't really care on that one. It could be Venture X. Actually, I may pick Venture X out of this because I already have one card that's earning me Amex points. So I would get one that earned me Amex, one that earned me Chase, and one that earned me Capital One. Um, as far as let's let's talk about the travel portals. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you find it that it's very, the, the pricing in the portal is similar to if you were to book direct with American or if you were to book through a third party on orbits or something with package with packages as well, or just flights itself, rental cars, et cetera. That's an interesting question you bring up. Chase uh, or JP Morgan, their parent company has invested a lot in, uh, in travel. In fact, they just made an announcement recently that they're going to have a dedicated like Chase Travel Portal. It's going to be chasetravel.com. Pay attention. Next couple of months, you're going to start hearing about this. They want to double down on travel. They want people to go through their travel portal. They want them to go through them. Keep in mind, they are an online travel agency, just like an Expedia, just like a, you know all, all these other a Trivago and, and Agoda and Priceline. And so they recently... Uh, uh, ended their relationship with Expedia no more. They bought out an uh, old provider they used to have, which is called CX Connection, um, CX Loyalty uh, uh, Connections, uh, CX Loyalty, I'm sorry, CX Loyalty. And um, they were going to be booking stuff like the way Amex does, like the way Amex has FHR, the way that Amex has it. I think they're going to try to follow that model and try to be. Uh, they, they said that during the pandemic, they did over 2.2 million transactions. Wow. Uh, going this wow. past year. And so uh, is it popular? Yes. Is it simple? I think this is one of the things I really feel that Chase does really well is they brought the whole concept of hybrid. Uh, they give people more options than probably everyone else, more than Amex, uh, because I think they just make it easy. And I think this is really where I think um, if I am new to travel and I'm new to credit card points and miles, to me, there's a couple ways you can, you can, uh, take value out. You can either cash out for cash. That's one way to do it. It's not the best way, but that's one way to do it, which is why I think cash back is so um, prevalent out there in the marketplace. But if you uh, understand a little bit on travel, then you can also transfer it to a partner and they all have exclusive partners. Like um, Chase has three hotel brands, Marriott, IHG, and Hyatt. Uh, Whereas American Express has three but it's Choice, which is kind of more downscale. And then they have uh, Hilton and they also have Marriott. Uh, but they have more, Amex has more transfer partners. So for me, many times Amex uh, is great for the advanced or more advanced traveler because they have to understand about alliances and transferring to partners. Whereas Chase doesn't say, you know, you don't need to worry about that. We have a portal. And if you use our portal, you could buy a cash ticket. And that means you can choose any ticket because this is the thing. Like I spend half my time buying cash tickets and the other uh, 
half of the time doing points tickets. So I'm not one of these people like, oh, everything is points. Like I'm not, I'm like, I don't know. I'm, there's some people who are like, I only book points. I never pay. I'm like, mm, that's not the best way to do it. Because sometimes if the, if the cash rate is low, you mm -hmm. want to pick the cash rate yep. and, and then save your points for the one when the, when the, when the, when it's expensive, yep. you know? So yep. I don't believe that you should always use point. And that's, I think a big misconception is that, that points people only use points. We pay cash all the time. If it makes mm -hmm. sense, if there's a discount business, I'll pay a discount business if it's uh, less expensive than transferring. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why you want to keep Amex points and chase, but going back to your, your question, is it less expensive? in the chase portal it should be mm. it's not always yeah and so i always go to google flights first or if you know mm -hmm. how to use ita matrix you can for the more advanced old school users you go use <laughs> or if you want to use google flights you can yep. and then you go and look at the chase portal and go hmm it doesn't match up right. uh and so sometimes it doesn't match up and it could be different reasons uh you know their provider got different rates than mm -hmm. than what you would get if you book directly uh, keep in mind, if you book directly, there's still an advantage. When you book directly through the um, yeah. through the yeah. through the airline, when there's a cancellation, which we all know that there's a ton of them this past two years, you know, flight countries get you know changed, you know, requirements and things like that. So with those type of things, it's a lot easier when you book directly than if you go through the portal. So, but mm -hmm. the but Chase realized that, so they've made changes to kind of draw you to them. So right now. If you are booking, uh, if you're the Chase Sapphire Reserve, you get three points, three three points for every dollar if you book it with, let's say, American directly. Mm -hmm. But if you go through their portal, you get five times the points. So you actually get two times more oh, points wow. of Chase wow. if you book through their portal. So you have to kind of take in consideration now going, hmm, is two points per dollar worth it for me to take the risk of the, you know, so they're, they I make it kind of interesting right. now. So if you're going, I'm willing to take the risk, I'll earn more in points. You know, not every flight I'm going to take is going to cancel. Maybe let's say one out of seven or one out of five or one out of three, whatever the case may be, you're going to kind of take your risk there, but they're offering you more points. Now, when we look at hotels, they even up the ante on hotels and rental cars. If you have the Chase Sapphire fire reserve, they're giving you 10 times the points. So if I book the hotel directly, it's three times the points. But if I go through their portal, they're giving me 10 times. Oh my God. So I'm not talking about making a redemption. I'm just talking about buying tickets. If you're making that regular tip. So now if I'm spending a thousand dollars at 10 times on a hotel, mm -hmm. that's like 10,000 points of Chase Ultimate Rewards points, which I could use for the next trip if I want to. So mm -hmm. um, I think they have really increased the value point. And uh, Capital One, by the way, has matched that. So if you have the uh, Venture X, it's five times for airfare and 10 times for hotels and rental cars. Yep. And everyone's renting cars nowadays, right? <laughs> so, okay. That's interesting because Trizzy and I talk about this frequently in the past. Like where, say you're buying out of the, you're buying direct with the airline. You're getting three times the points and the flight is 700. You're buying through the Chase portal and it's a thousand, but you're getting five times the points. Like Trizzy and I, based on past experiences would go directly with the airline because we get the instant gratification and not spending the extra $300 mm -hmm. because we're known, or I, at least I'm known, I don't have any loyalty to any airlines, to no hotels, nothing for me, because I think I have that mindset of like, oh, my credit is still rebuilding. I'm just like, yes, I have the, the cards that gave me points, but I'm trying to be as cheap as possible here. So... <laughs> I, by the way, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend you pay extra for those points because now you're paying for those extra points. So I, I would still take I would still book it directly um, if the if the rate doesn't make sense. But let's say, for example, many times you'll see 
When you quote on Google flights or any of these, they quote you basic economy. And if you don't choose basic economy and you now are choosing their, the full economy or whatever, you know, premium and, and so forth, then you have to start to take a look. Uh, maybe I should get the one through the portal because sometimes the portal one does include, I I've had it before where the, the one in the portal came with the bags. And if I booked it directly, I, they were showing me the rate, the one without the bags. And so that sometimes yeah. come into play too. So you, you have to kind of take a look on which uh, airfare you end up picking. Absolutely. One thing I've also noticed with the MX portal recently, um, they give like secret deals. So it, and it'll be like less, the, the price of it will be less than the amount of points that I have. That makes sense. So I just still have like points left over or something like that. Like I found a flight from New Orleans back to LA for $88. And they're like, this is a secret deal only for MX members. Like book it now. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it's like random, just random secret deals. And I don't know if it's based on my search history or like, I don't know how they get them. <laughs> MX actually has special consolidator rates. Okay. There was huh. actually a time, there was actually a time too, where even as a business traveler, uh, if I booked directly with AA and I wanted to make a change, they would charge me a change fee. The change fee would be like two hundred dollars, and wow. sometimes the flights were like two fifty. And I'm like, you're gonna charge me a two hundred dollars change fee on a two hundred fifty dollars? Like, yes. Mm. And but if I went through Amex, they had an agreement where they would waive one change fee. I was like, I'm booking with you guys every time from now on, yeah. even as a business traveler. So um, there's a lot of little nuances between airlines and things like that. That's why I decided this year I was going to work on a hotel course. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about something that nobody ever talks about, which is kind of how to how to do hotel secrets and the hacks and things like that. And, and uh, OK, that's what, OK, Exp expand a little bit more on that. Uh, what do you mean hotel secrets and hacks, like as far as booking them, right? Everything okay. from uh, how to get status to how to get free upgrades, uh, breakfast, uh, how to use um, like I, I, this is one of the things I, I, I cover. It's an eight hour course that I cover and I break it up in a four four sessions with two hours each on Zoom. And what I do is I cover, first of all, the understanding about a hotel. Like, for example, a hotel that you stay at and the hotel program that they're a part of are two different entities. They're not the same. People think they are. And so sometimes they put a lot of um, uh, too much effort into it. I, I think they have to look at and understand that those are two different things. And by understanding the two different things, then you really understand how to take advantage of the program. Because uh, one of the things I, I teach is building a relationship with the hotel property itself on the ground. And if you do have a service failure when it does happen, uh, to deal with it with the property mm -hmm. before you elevate it to the program. Because one of the things that uh, I believe is that if you have a problem at the property, you want to deal with it while you're still there. Once you check out, once you leave, there's only so many things they can do for you. You've limited the amount of things yeah. they can do yeah. to recover. So one of the things I, I know a lot of people do not feel comfortable when they're at a hotel to kind of complain, but I don't like to call it a complaint. I like to say, give, give them feedback. But you want to give key feedback to the right person. If you don't give feedback to the right person, nothing will be done. Right. And I, I, I've taught my students and people who, who, who I've worked with. Um, if there's sometimes a service recovery, they'll actually get and they'll do a points booking. Sometimes they'll get more points than the points that they paid for for that night. <laughs> it sounds wow. weird. 
but it's possible to do. And, and, and but it, it, once again, it's one of those things and things that I, I kind of cover. I can't really publicly talk about it in some of these yeah, things, no, but um, because it, there's a nuance to it, I need to kind of walk them through that, those yeah. type of things. But I, those are things that I, I help people understand. And I make them a ba- basically a better hotel guest, number one. And I make sure, number two, that you understand the system. And it also makes sure that ensures that you have a better experience from start to finish, as opposed to leaving with a bad taste in your mouth. And now you're going, let me go complain on TripAdvisor about this bad hotel. Yep. Get it fixed right there. And then and then uh, you'll have a better experience. Good for you. We need that, especially on some t- a topic that can be considered com- complex, you know? Um, even as many amazing points and miles people as I follow in your, in your niche, it's, I still repeatedly listen to it. Cause I'm like, one, everyone has different information. Like you could learn something new Two, It takes a lot for me to understand. I'm like, I got to pound it into my head to finally understand it. You know what I mean? Like it's re- the repetition for me. Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons why I did the course. I just felt like I'm not going to be able to teach. I like like, for example, if you don't know the difference between a Lum Meridian and a Hyatt place, then how do you know what it, what is what is a good deal? Like, yeah. you understand what is a budget versus what's mid-scale, upscale, boutique, luxury. And then, I, you know, one of the things I'm going to share is that if you really want to take advantage of it, you should at least be upper, upscale, and higher. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot of times when you're on based on cash, you tend to go budget and lower. And then when the things go wrong, there's not much that they can do because it's in that yeah. category. So when you get a good deal, it's better to get a good deal in the upper and the luxury side because their expectation of what they're going to deliver is higher and you're going to end up winning more. And Points and Miles gives you a chance to do uh, properties you would never, ever do with cash. Because, I mean, I, I, I think nowadays, I mean, I'll probably spend like 200, 300 max on a room, which is I would n- probably never have done before. But Points and Miles kind of pushed me into that direction. Mm-hmm. But once I did... I realized I could use points and miles to replace it and use points rather than have to use cash if I needed to. But um, the experience is so much better. The sheets are cleaner and the view is much better. It is true. It's like you you get what you pay for, right? It applies mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> ben, thank you so much for all the information. We are going to jump into the T2A, Q2A, which is the ticket to anywhere quick to answer segment. Very similar to rapid fire. We have four questions for you. All right. First one is, what else are you besides a traveler and a points person? So I am, other than insurance that we talked about earlier, I love food. Um, my dad opened one of the very first Thai restaurants in Los Angeles. What? Ooh, wait, wait is it still around? Know. Yeah, we're like, hello. 50 years. It is, it's probably the oldest Thai restaurant in the United States. Is it in Thai town? It is, of course. My dad was what? a pioneer. <laughs> you need to tell us about this because we are one we're gonna go two yeah. we need to tell the the fam the ticket to anywhere family about it and so, thai food is a food that we could eat every day oh yes that's great so my my dad opened up in 1972 when people did not know what thai food was everything was all about chinese food so when he called it in thai it was called it, it was written in thai it was called look dead Look, that means it tastes good. That's what it really translates to. Uh, he knew that Thai food wasn't going to sell. So he, because they didn't know what it was. And he, he was like literally the first generation that came here when they were students. So wow. at the time when he opened up, he called it Lee's because that was my grandmother's last name. It wasn't even our last. Our last name was Komenko. My grandmother's <laughs> last name, Lee, because that's Chinese. Lee's Thai Chinese food. And the funny <laughs> thing, every other Thai restaurant that opened in the 70s and early 80s, every one of them were Thai Chinese food. 
Yeah, but if you go over there, look at it's on the corner of Hollywood and Gramercy. They're uh, closed on Wednesday, by the way. They're known for their duck noodle soup. In front of the logos are ducks. So they have like a soy braised duck. My grandmother, my grandmother, last name Lee, um, she actually had a great. Uh, so it's the Chinese part of the Thai menu where you think of street food, when you think of like boat noodle soup, duck noodle soup, um, ham hock. But don't go there looking for like pad thai. Well, you could order pad thai, but I would say if you go there, try to order like the duck, uh, duck over rice or their boat noodle soup. Everyone in the Thai community who's ever been here all knows my dad's restaurant. It's like a classic. It's like the original restaurant of l a That's so cool. So how do you uh, spell that? R-O-D-D-E-D. And it's cash only too. It's still cash like only. back in the 70s. <laughs> no, I love it. I love those feels. <laughs> all right we're we about to go but not tomorrow because that's Wednesday know, this is close <laughs> um that's so exciting it Ben do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new place when you land in a new city what's the first things you do uh, you know I usually try to find um a local spot to go eat at that's usually one of my first things I typically do where I'm going to eat I, in fact I probably choose my location when I travel for leisure. Like I'm not one of these people. I know there's some people who want to travel a hundred countries. I'm not that person. And so I usually go to places that I think I, I'm going to love their food. And so I'm a food tourist. And so uh, one of the first things I look at is where I'm going to be able to go and eat. And, and, and uh, that kind of helps set my itinerary where I'm going to stay at or where I'm going. And so I kind of evolve around that when I go somewhere. Yep. That's awesome. That's cool. Great. Cool. All right. What items do you absolutely need with you on your travels? Um, so I believe the eye mask is really good. Uh, one, one hack, by the way, in the hotel room, especially if you don't have blackout curtains uh, when you're trying to sleep, is to use the, the the room hanger. Use the I don't know if anyone's ever used a room hanger. You know the 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 the, the tab mm-hmm. they have on the mm-hmm. on the for the pants. You could use those tabs and put on the on the on the curtains to clean so that they so the curtains sometimes they don't close all the way. You could use that. But if you don't have that or if you don't want to use that, I just carry um, eye masks with me because the eye mask really helps you on the plane, too. I think one reason why people do not sleep on the plane is light. So I carry that with me. And the other one I carry with me is duct tape because I want to put that iPad on there. Okay, last question, Ben. What is your next trip with points and without points? Uh, my next trip uh, that I'm taking is actually to Scottsdale, one of the best Hyatt properties uh, in the West Coast is actually the Hyatt Regency Gainey Ranch. Um, mm, it has mm-hmm. 20 pools and it has a three-story slide um, and it even has a beach with the sand, like it has a sand pool. Like, oh, like nice. They literally filled up the pool with sand so that the kids could like, you know, go in. Uh, oh, but yeah. they even have gondola. Oh, they're one of the only few other than Las Vegas. You know, people go to the Venetian, so they do the gondola ride mm-hmm. and everything. Do you know that they have that, the Ganey Ranch Scottsdale? They actually have a gondola guy with wow. and, sings, oh and sings opera for you. And if oh you go eat at the Italian restaurant, they give you the pass and then you can go and, uh, oh, so it's great. So That's it's amazing. cool. It, 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 that is um, my next points thing. And I'm probably planning to go back to Thailand again at the end of the year. Um, I think November, I think November, December, January is the best time of the year to go to Thailand. Yes. Uh, the weather is not mm-hmm. too hot. Well, Ben, man, this has been such a fun episode, learning yes. everything from you, because this is what I need for sure <laughs> to decide on my next travel card. Before we hang hang up, 
where can people find you all over the socials and if you have any blogs as well? Yeah, so I am uh, working on my website right now. It's a pain. I, I didn't. I pushed away from doing a website for a long time, but I guess I'm going to do it this year. Uh, so I'm working on it right now. It will be bensbigdeal.com. But in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram under Ben's Big Deal. I also have a TikTok account uh, under Ben's Big Deal and a Facebook group, Ben's Big Deal as well. Uh, so all the different social, you can find me there. And I also on the clubhouse regularly. I've been spending a lot of time there doing audio. Um, so not video, but audio, lots of them regularly on a Thursday night, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and we usually have people from all around the points world, like Zach Griff, who is a uh, aviation uh, for TPG for the points guy. I've had um, Spencer Howard from Straight to the Points. So a lot of folks from the points and mile world had Tiffany Funk from One Mile at a Time and Point.me. Um, so I usually interview them and, and love to, you know, kind of pick on what are the hottest things right now that's happening in the world of travel points and miles. That's amazing. Great. Appreciate it, Ben. Thank you thank so you much. much. Yep. I thank you, Ben. You. Take care. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you love travel as much as we do, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Thank you all for your support so far. When you have the time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback, and it'll help others come across our episodes and hopefully be inspired to travel and adventure anywhere.